Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Before we get started, it's probably worth giving an overview that this newsletter has uh, quite a a lot of surveys on offer uh, for you to do. Um, And uh, there are three that are going to be mentioned during this newsletter. Um, And actually, uh, if you wanted to prioritise them in date order, uh, it would be the finance survey that we would love you to prioritise. Then the if you're only going to do one survey, which is the Future of General Practice survey. But in fact, that's to, uh, you've got until the end of January to do that one. So perhaps sort of uh, save that one for a little bit later. And then the third one is about incentive schemes, uh, which, again, we've got till March to do that one. So just highlighting the finance one, because that's got the shortest deadline. Uh, sadly, they need the information by the 2nd of January, which is not terribly festive, is it? But it is really important. So we are hearing from practices that there are tough times at the moment moment this is your opportunity to put that evidence towards GPC England they don't want to turn up with just anecdote that practices are saying they actually want evidence that practices are saying that they have so there there is the survey with quite a few detailed questions and then also given that they can you can only really look at accounts that have already gone and a lot of practices are telling us pressure is in a year um, and it's it's right now and it's about to get worse then there's the opportunity uh, to feed in your narrative to this so you're how it's feeling and what you're seeing right now and what's about to happen um, and you can fill out the survey which we've got in our newsletter um, otherwise uh, if you want to send in some information then you can send it to gpsurvey at bma.org.uk so if you have the story that you want to tell about what is happening and what it means for you and your practice at the moment that you want GPC England anonymously I'm sure to be able to use though in negotiations as evidence of what is actually happening on the front line um, then please 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 take the time to do that um, the team would really appreciate that and that will help get us what we need in general practice which is more resource to be able to care for our patients better right let's carry on Today, you've got myself, Laura Edwards. I'm a GP and one of the joint CEOs of Wessex LMCs. And I'm joined today by Louise Greenwood, our Director of Education. Hi, Louise. Hi, Laura. So uh, we're starting with the introduction festival and uh, our introduction this week is focusing on Christmas uh, and the fact that Christmas uh, tends to fall in the middle of winter when it's rather dark uh, outside. But in the darkness, our stars shine even brighter. Um, And we are in a difficult place in general practice at the moment. We still don't have as many GPs as we were promised or even started with in 2015. Um, And we also still seem to find ourselves playing second fiddle to the hospitals. Um, However, uh, we are an extremely productive sector in the NHS. Uh, We have outstripped any other sector in in how amazing we are. Um, And we have worked so, so hard and our achievements have been absolutely stellar so uh, it's a thank you and a recognition of that but also uh, Christmas can be a time of reflection and with New Year following on swiftly afterwards it's a time to reset and perhaps set new intentions and so perhaps it's a time to reflect on exactly how hard you and your teams have been working and whether that is something that is sustainable Uh, We've been looking both as an LMC and also nationally at this concept of safer working. We can spin our hamster wheels very, very fast, but actually, are we able to keep up with demands and is it sustainable? Will we continue to have a workforce if we work this hard? So perhaps it's a time for reflection over the Christmas period 
think on that and maybe have a look at some of our resources around safer working uh, which we will put the links into the newsletter and on the end of this podcast uh, and there are some podcasts to listen to of practices that have brought in safer working and the impact that that has had both for them their teams and their patients uh, and it may not be what you think uh, and I say this in a positive way so do have a listen to those and perhaps take stock and think what you would like to do in 2024. So that was our uh, introduction and also an acknowledgement of our out of hours colleagues and a thank you to them for working whilst our practice doors are shut and we are getting some rest and recharging. So uh, moving on, uh, we are going to go on to the uh, survey of the future of general practice. Louise, do you want to talk to us about yes, that? Yes, it's interesting. A, it sort of goes along with the... Um reflection comments you've just been making actually Laura about thinking about workload pressures inadequate resources and um, in the newsletter you'll see that there are a number of surveys that are suggested you complete but actually if you're going to do one do this one this is something that the BMA really wants to hear from GPs as general practice in England is at a watershed moment at this very at this very time so they're very very, very keen to hear what you are feeling. Um, you might want to ask your practice managers and your colleagues, but do respond to this survey. As I say, if it's the one you're going to do, do this one all about the future of general practice. Um, Sunday, the 21st of January is when you need to get the um, completed by. So please just, yeah, have a look at that one. And if you've got a few moments, it'd be really, really worthwhile. At least you'll feel then that your voice has been heard. So having said that, Louise, you're absolutely right. This is the one survey that GPC England really want you to fill out. It's got, you've got to have a GMC number to be able to fill it out. But if you're a practice manager, I'd suggest talking to your GPs, getting making sure they know how uh, the, the things that you're seeing and feeling um, and then encouraging them to fill it in as well. Likewise, if you're a GP, make sure you've talked to your practice manager uh, for some of the aspects in there as well of how it, how it feels for the whole practice um, to help with this. Um, and then moving on, there is another survey uh, which has also come out uh, from the BMA um, and this is another thing that we're hearing so again it's a chance to be heard they are keen to hear your voice nationally and this is around the finances uh, so again uh, really important aspects for GPC England to be negotiating on is our resources you know we need resources in order to be able to, be able to employ people uh, to care for our patients um, and there have been some real challenges to finances this year and again those uh, have been heard by us at the LMC and we have escalated those nationally as well um, and this is the BMA trying to collect some more information around that to be able to, to relay to the government uh, so it's, it goes beyond anecdotes um, so there are uh, Louise has already reflected to me that you, you need to look and read carefully before you sit down with this one otherwise you will get up and feel cross already so read what it says that you need first and they do put that right at the start which is the accounts um, and uh, what else did they also want? Uh, they wanted uh, financial information. Uh, it's expenditure data. I think that's the thing, Laura. So it's not the sort of thing you can sit down with a cup of coffee and just think, I want to spend this in now. You do need the sets of accounts in front of you. Um, as exactly. well as expenditure data for the months of October 2022 and October 23, as well as information on how many staff the practice employs. And it says the survey should take 20 to 30 minutes. Mm. I think just, yeah, prepare to give yourself a little bit more time than that, I think, possibly. Yeah. So there are uh, 19 questions in it. Oh, no, sorry. There are some very quick ones at the end that you probably could do really, really quickly. So there's 24 questions in total. The kinds of things you need to be knowing are uh, your global sum um, and uh, your expenditure on your staff, 
they're asking a little bit about locum rates, uh, they're asking about pay rises that were given, uh, total spends, full-time equivalent staff. So it is quite a lot of detailed information. Um, so uh, yeah, be, be prepared that it might take you slightly longer unless you've got all of that information to hand. But they also want to know about cash flow issues, which again, we are hearing about a lot at the moment. Um, and I'm not sure that it's kind of got kind of necessary recognition yet. Uh, so again, that kind of information, because it's vital to a business, we know cash flow is vital to a business. Uh, so that if that's causing you a problem, this is your chance to be able to reflect that nationally. Uh, so if you've got uh, the capacity to do two surveys, uh, then please do the um, <laughs> of general practice and the finance survey. Um, so there we go. So moving from uh, one thing that might rile you to, to, to another, which is inclusivity around, which has been a subject of great debate um, and for an, on kind of a number of uh, fronts really so this is this is the uh, black triangle injectable drug that has come out uh, in, involved in lipid management um, and so and there are two aspects to this really one is is it resourced properly in terms of this is new workload um, and we're very clear on that so there should be funding to go with it and the second uh, is that really question that should come first which is about the clinical effectiveness and how this drug has, has landed with us. Um, it's a very unusual pathway that it has landed to us through. It's, it, I think it's the only one that suddenly became green and all the area prescribing committees were told to make it green instantly, which is uh, for general practice to be able to prescribe it um, straight away. And um, usually these things, especially black triangle drugs, are initiated and stay with specialists for some time as, as everyone kind of gets used to it and sees what happens as you begin to introduce this on a wider population basis outside of trials. Um, and, and that hasn't happened. Um, so uh, in addition to what's in here, we've also, there's um, an interesting article that you may wish to read, which is a kind of expose by the pharmaceutical journal, not necessarily known for their massive exposés. I read it frequently, but this is a very good article, which took a year uh, for the two authors to pull the information together uh, in order to be able to write it. And it looks at the process that NICE went through uh, whilst approving this drug and uh, looks, in fact, at the ministerial influence that was uh, placed based on NICE uh, whilst thinking on their decision. Uh, so one to, to have a little read, a bit of intrigue in there. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, one, one for the Christmas period that's slightly different. Um, so do have a look for that. Um, then that moves us on to online access to records, Louise. Yes, yeah, so one, the BMA continues to work on this topic and um, seeks to make the whole project fit for purpose. And there have been numerous concerns about how this was imposed on the profession. And if you wanted to look up, um, about those and find out a little bit more, that'll be on the BMA website for you to have a look at. Um, the concern at the moment is they're looking for examples of potential or actual harm that have arisen from the accidental misfiling of data or letters in the wrong patient's record or when information should have been withheld from online view in order to prevent harm, but it wasn't. And now it's only just come to light before because more patients have access to their records. So if you've got any examples of that, perhaps you can pass them on to um, the BMA. The email address is info at gpc at bma.org.uk. Um, and this is since the 31st of October when the online access um, was, um, was announced. So we haven't seen particularly a huge number of queries coming into the office about this, but it's well be that you, you've seen something. Um, and so certainly the BMA are keen to collect any information. So do pass it on to them. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to create the email address is info.gpc at bma.org.uk. Uh, there were too many apps in your version. Oh, sorry, Don. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so, uh, but yes, if you've got those examples within your practice, this is where pattern spotting is, is really helpful uh, so that the BMA know what's actually going on on the ground. Um, and then uh, we move on to uh, the area of physician associates and anesthesia associates. Um, so these are um, additions to the medical world workforce um, who are not doctors, uh, bringing highly uh, valued work uh, to uh, the, the uh, medical workforce and capabilities, but there is a question of who regulates them. Uh, and as they increase in their number of responsibilities um, and frequency, then that's the kind of question that has to be answered. Um, so obviously doctors regulated by the GMC. Uh, I think there's been great concern voice that these are professionals who are working now quite closely with doctors and might be confused by the public as doctors. Um, the government has suggested that they should be regulated by the same body that regulates doctors, i.e. the GMC. But um, the, the powers that be nationally, so the BMA, for example, um, have, uh, have pushed back and said, well, surely that just adds to the confusion uh, potential with the public that they're then regulated by the same regulator. So um, if you feel strongly about this, the BMA are asking that you um, express your opinion um, and uh, you can see what the BMA think. We've put a link to the statement from uh, the BMA Chair of Council uh, in our newsletter and there's an e a tool to email your MP and let them know uh, because this is something that uh, we need to have opinions on of, of what happens with this. Um, that moves us on. Louise? Yes, just a couple of um, administrative um, things now. So there's a new GP vaccine dashboard um, that NHS England have just released. And this version builds upon the existing COVID-19 vaccination functionality and includes a new additional flu and co-administration dashboard. So the flu dashboard lists eligible patients who have yet to have the flu vaccine. And the co-administration da dashboard lists people who are eligible for both vaccines that have not received either. So that just might be quite interesting for you to have a little quick look at. Uh, moving on to the um, change to the handling of scanned Lloyd George paper records. So practices can now securely destroy Lloyd George paper record envelopes along with their contents once they have been scanned and electronically stored in line with national standards. Um, as data controllers of the Lloyd George records, it's the responsibility of practice to approve the destruction of these records and ensure it's done correctly. Laura and I were chatting about this earlier and I was just saying that would absolutely, that would really frighten the life out of me doing something like that. It feels a very, very definite thing to do, doesn't it? To put that through the shredder. So um, ICBs and DPO and everybody else, we would just suggest you just make sure you've done it absolutely if you're going to go ahead with this, doing this in line with all the um, recommendations there are there and just make sure you've got authorization to do that from um, from the recommendation yeah just and i think just to be clear we're not convinced that it's practices that are doing the destruction okay. um, so again you need to clarify who is doing it um so we don't think it is the practices doing it your role is to approve and check it's done correctly and again so talk to your icb about what mechanisms are in place before you do anything <laughs> Um, I think is is where we're at. But the potential is there. So for those of you who've got a lot of this and it's filling up a space that you might be able to use uh, for clinical workforce, for example, instead, then then options are there. But uh, yeah, proceed, proceed with caution. So um, there we go. 
And just some exception flags and I'm active in both EMIS and TPP practice systems to indicate whether an appointment would not be expected to happen within two weeks of booking. This is all through the IIF and access. Um, the two weeks booking might be due to a patient preference or clinical rationale. Um, and we would just say to um, just have a little look more into this. Practices are encouraged to use the exception flagging functionality to support the improvements in access um, by recognising different appointments. But have a look at your systems. We understand we talked about this at the practice manager update webinar on Wednesday and a couple of practices said, well, I'm not sure that our system's quite getting getting this right. So I would say look, look a little bit more into it, what EMIS and TVP suggest before you sort of go ahead and, and put that into action. So find out a little bit more about that, I think. Um, yeah, Laura, back to you for um, incentive schemes. Yes. So if you're feeling uh, particularly sort of uh, uh, at a loose end uh, then and, and you feel like you've got capacity for three surveys, uh, <laughs> then this is, this is your opportunity uh, to do another one. Uh, you've got quite a long time for this one, so you could space them out. Uh, this one isn't going to close until Thursday, the 7th of March, which is a relief because I've had a look at it already and it's quite long. Uh, so there's quite a few questions in it. Um, however, they are really important questions. So this is looking at QOF and uh, the IIF, which are both incentive schemes and obviously provide quite important amounts of funding into uh, general practice. And there have been questions raised. These are kind of classic questions that you will think, oh, yes, these are really uh, thorny issues. Um, so I think this is a massive opportunity for the profession to uh, input to this. Um, and again, I would suggest, you know, that you talk about this as a practice, that you talk about this as PCN, uh, and that you consider how you input to this, because um, if we don't, somebody else will. Um, and, you you know, this is where your opinions are really important, uh, because there isn't a limit on who can uh, put into this. Uh, so we definitely need general practice to be inputting. So the kinds of things that are in there are... Do you agree that incentives like QOF and IAF should form part of the income for general practice? Um, and uh, do we think that they have they bring us resources uh, to do preventative and proactive care? Um, uh, should we be having absolute targets or relative targets? Um, do we think it should be a national thing or a local thing? So ICB setting them. Um, and do we think they should be at practice level or PCN level, for example? Um, and should they be tied to outcomes or processes? Uh, so it, there are some really big questions in there that we should uh, definitely input. We as an NMC, I'm sure, will be inputting. Uh, again, it's only just landed, so we haven't uh, fully decided how we will be doing that. But we will be uh, wanting opinions uh, to help us inform what we input. Um, but you uh, can all do things as individuals because I'm sure there is power in numbers replying to this, no matter how excellent our LMC input to it is. So do have a look at that. As I said, you've got until March, so a little, little bit of time on that, and I'm sure we'll mention it again uh, in the future. Um, OK, so uh, that takes us to recovering access to primary care. Um, and the GP patient survey. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of recovering access to primary care because I keep pointing out to every committee that I'm on that we've already recovered it and some, usually by 20% more. So I feel like it's one of those, um, I can't think of the words now, but mis-selling, you know, when you <laughs> go to the office of fair trading, it feels like it's not been labelled correctly because we've already done it. Um, but there's just a heads up really that the GP patient survey 2024, there are going to be some different questions looking through on the website they haven't published those yet as far as I can see uh, but it's a bit of a heads up that that, that is coming uh, and that brings us on to well-being UEs. 
Yes, um, I think it's, we're, we're really focused on your well-being and we're very, very happy always to take calls about this. Um, we know sometimes when it's either a situation for yourself or your staff, it's just hard to know where to turn. So we're always happy to receive any queries like that. Send them into our office at westwestlmcs.org.uk or there's a special GP support um, email you can also use. Um, and we continue to encourage practice to focus on their own team's well-being. BMA have just produced a document um, with some very helpful tools for improving workload and safe working. And um, also there are links to um, the counselling and peer support services, practitioner health services, Samaritans, doctors in distress. Um, and there's a post with 10 tips to help you. Um, and I just think that you can never do enough of this kind of stuff. And it's just hard, hard to find the time when, as we were saying before, you're on the hamster wheel spinning as fast as you possibly can. But it's all about the people, isn't it? And if we look after people and ourselves, that will make life um, a lot easier for everybody. Um, and I just think we've just had some posters and also, haven't we, Laura, just about um, supporting practices um, to, to help their help their patients at this particular time, this party time um, of um, alcohol and avoiding some um, drink spiking. So we've got some posters in our newsletter that I think will might be helpful for you. You can put them on your website because there's a lot of copies of them, but also put them up if you wanted to as physical posters um, in the waiting room. Um, we're aware of some patients having some sort of life-changing effects of um, drink spiking. So I just think it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just something to be aware of. And we don't want to be party poopers, but we also want to be safe, don't we, um, at this time. Absolutely. So there's some nice resources there and they recommend a website called lifestuff.org, which uh, has some good tips of what people should be looking out for. Because I think, again, their message is that often these this is a crime and people come to harm, but it often gets missed. And it is a time sensitive thing. These drugs, uh, some of them wear off within 12 hours in terms of being measurable and some of them are 72 hours. Um, and uh, because they often get sort of in, mixed in with alcohol effects people take a while to realize what has happened and then by the time they realize that they were spiked um then actually all the evidence has gone and therefore you can't catch the criminal with this um so there's some tips on keeping safe which is essentially you know one of the main things is not leaving people alone and making sure you, you know the people are together because if they're with friends then they get looked after even if something like this happens to them um they're very vulnerable if they're kind of split away from friends uh, because somebody's done this with intent to harm um so there's some resources there as Louisa said on the post is also that website you can have a little look at and again think about just being uh, making making your patients aware making your staff aware as well because this can happen to anybody um, and I was surprised when I, when I just quickly read through them and the top tips that you can spike non-alcoholic drinks. Well, well of Absolutely. course you can, but yeah, that's yeah, yeah. you just think it's all about the alcohol, don't you? But of course, you think yeah. you can safe if you yourself have a non-alcoholic drink, but of course you don't know about behaviour yeah. others. So. It, they don't taste of anything. So I don't think the alcohol is more of a people misattribute the effects to alcohol. Um, and that's where it kind of get, gets mixed in. But they're tasteless. They can be put in any drink. Um, so, uh, yeah, but people just yeah mis misattribute the side effects of it to somebody being drunk, um, which is, yeah, not necessarily the case at all whatsoever. Um, so have a little look at those. Make yourself alert of the, of the signs, as we said, sort of share the awareness of that. Okay. So that brings us to the end. We've just got a few events that we thought we might share with you. Do yes, I'm, about those? I do. I'm particularly pleased that we um, have got the management apprenticeship um, 
diploma for practice managers, operational managers, PCM managers, deputy practice managers, sparring managers. Um, it, it is a generic course um, that's been led by some well-respected um, training companies and we're just um, helping to badge it and have, helping to coordinate it. So if you have got some people that would like to get involved in that and sort of further their careers or go through a diploma and just have some sort of recognised um, qualification, have a look at this. So it's a management apprenticeship. It is an apprenticeship, which means it's fully funded, which is quite extraordinary. It's national funding for the equivalent of, an, of a degree. So this is really exciting. There's a lot of generic leadership management, change management, time management, looking after yourself, reflective, all sorts of things that's been very, very helpful for anybody looking at management in general practice it's a generic course but because you are all learning together as managers from the Wessex LMC's patch there's just going to be some really hopefully some fantastic networking learning from each other and the case studies will all be general practice based so there's a couple of webinars and to find out more um, on the 9th and 15th of January and the actual course starts on the 6th of February so there's information in the newsletter but um, give me a call if you want to find out a little bit more about it and I hope they want a minimum of 12 and I said I'm sure we could get at least that so I'm very very excited about that and I hopefully that will work really well for people um, and just something not quite as exciting but very very important introduction to the NHS pension scheme we've got a, um, a training um, just a, a couple of hours on the 6th of February for all members of staff working within GP practices this is not for GPs this is for staff working in general practice um, just an hour webinar for newly employed nurses admin reception secretaries and managers anybody that wants to know a, a little bit more about the pension scheme and it's it's complex it's complicated but actually the more you can find out about it yeah knowledge is power isn't it so i would just it is and pensions are so important especially if we've got this wonderful life expectancy uh, ahead of us so perhaps this fits with a new year's resolution of that thing that you don't want to do which is oh my goodness my pension what is it uh, so if that's you then actually as, as louisa said knowledge is power maybe seize the day and book on this course and demystify pensions uh, for yourself because you'll thank your your future self will thank you very much for doing that good plan so, uh, look forward to that Right, so that brings us to the end of our newsletter this week. So thank you for listening. And uh, we wish you, uh, for all the team at the LMC, a very Merry Christmas and a happy and healthy New Year, year ahead in 2024. Happy thank Christmas. you for joining us. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice.